Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Right Way Podcast. Um... We are coming to you from Colorado and Tennessee, respectively. And while I'm cool and comfortable, Rhea, I, I, I know that it's super fucking hot there. It is. I am baking in my own juices. It is heat index well over 100 every day. Please take me away. Like, like a Thanksgiving turkey. Well, we better get to the point super fast so you don't die of heat exhaustion. What we're talking about today, uh, and this, again, is kind of going in line with our uh, uh, an attempt to kind of blow up the space and talk more about the things that maybe we don't touch on or get left behind. We obviously want to know solutions. We want to know answers. We want to know resources. But we're kind of taking a step back here, and we're going to take a look at the idea of what kind of writer we are and what kind of process we use to write. Um, I think it's an important discussion, and I think we talk a lot about being authors, and that's also su- super important. Rhea and I talk about this all the time, but we're going back to formula here, and I think even before you sit down to write a book, you got to know the shit that's good for you before you even sit down to start like taking notes. Absolutely. And, you know, you and I have been chatting a lot about this offline about the pressure we put on ourselves to be a certain type of writer, or we look to see how so-and-so is doing it or how, you know, the writer or author you aspire to be like, well, if they're writing every day, then I've got to get my ass in the chair at 5 a.m. and, you know, write for three hours. And well, not even just that, right. But we, we also like, we've been talking about like, wanting to know exactly how they do it. And I'll just do it like they do it. They've got a book. Well, exactly. And that is rule number one right there is to stop and don't focus on, it's kind of like the social media thing, like in the comparison game. Put To be a writer, you have to put the comparison game out of your mind in order to get through the process to become an author. And if you could just like focus on that fact. I think it's, it's a great starting place. Secondly, I would say, okay, for me, me, for instance, like I've realized that I am a fast and furious writer that I will write one to three months, maybe out of the year. If I'm doing a book a year, I go all in, I will like start getting obsessive and write every single day. And then once the project is done, I take a break and then I'll come back and edit. And I am a seasonal writer. I would love to be that writer that sits down every single day and writes for like eight hours a day. But I have a company and a child and I have created a habit around lumping my writing into very short periods of time. And what I've done is made myself feel bad about that at times. Like, oh, well, am I a real writer? Because like, I don't like, oh, I could be such a better writer if I just wrote every day. And I'm like, well, I, I don't, I mean, for me to try to sit down 
and do something every single day, sure, you would definitely get better at it. But I need, as I've said so many times before, time to process, time to step away, and to really not force myself to be in a creative space if I am craving something else. And I think that's kind of an important distinction. I'm not avoiding writing on purpose necessarily, but when I'm ready like to sit down, like right now, I've been, you know, not not writing crazy, like 2,000 to 3,000 words a day. I want to get through this new project that I'm writing. I'm about 30,000 words in, and it feels really awesome. And I'm not picking like, okay, I got to be, I got to be in my chair at 630 and I'm doing this. I am fitting in that one to two focused hours when I can. My child is out for the summer. We're doing a lot of traveling. We have the business and there's just no pressure. I am leaning in to my process and the type of writer I am and letting go of paying attention to what anyone else is doing. Well, that's the thing, right? You guess what? You are like, I think, and I think it's funny because I think we'll probably title this episode like what kind of writer you are. And the answer to that is always you are the type of writer that you are. And our podcast included. And, you know, I and I I kind of like lament to myself even. And this is probably like a topic for a whole nother episode. But I think a lot about like how we get on the podcast and we like put on the podcast host voice and we like do this thing and like tell y'all how to do stuff. And there's so much shit out there. There are books and there are workshops and there are podcasts that are like, this is how to, how to write your novel in a year, how to write your novel in six months, how to outline your novel. And it's like, Oh yeah. Whatever, whatever means necessary. I think it's like whatever you have to do to get done for you. But like, I do that same thing, Rhea, where like, I, yeah, I read a book or I read about an author's process and I'm like, oh, fucking so-and-so has it down. They get up at five, 5 a.m. And so I start getting up at 5 a.m. And then I get committed to this idea that I've got to get up at 5 a.m. And like, like 5 a.m. is for so- somehow the only time that there is in a day to write. And I, after six months of that, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I hate 5 a.m. I hate writing at 5 a.m. Why am I why am I doing this to well, myself? Well, and I I just read in this book um called Effortless by Greg McKeon, which I love and highly recommend. He was talking about the tasks that you don't necessarily love to do. And with writing, you know, you don't always love to do it. Like some writers love to write and some writers like actually really avoid it at all costs. But what I found is creating an environment that is super, super inviting for you. So like if you're someone who likes music and candles and, you know, like you're, you have your own like separate space or you pour yourself a glass of wine or whiskey or whatever, create the space, create the environment to want to sit down and to want to do it. And I think like we're so focused on the end result that, you know, like writing a book is the longest process. I mean, it can be the longest process. It's, you know, you you watch that word count, you know, you have to get around, you know, 60 to 80,000 words at least. It There is no like shortcut to get there. And it can be quite laborious. So I think like finding the time, it's kind of like working out, right? Like if you want to stick with 
exercise. You don't go to the gym if you hate the gym or you don't get up at five if you're a night person um, or vice versa. You really start to lean into your own rhythms and what you enjoy doing and then attach writing to that. But uh, that's a, I'm said- sorry to interrupt you, but that's a great analogy. And um, and I, I, I want to read Effortless, but the other book that I would cite too that he also addresses the same thing is John Acuff's book, Finish. Yes, yes. Uh, Give Yourself the Gift of Done. He says that same thing. And what what he he, he keeps liking it, uh, likening it to working out because he was like, why do we have this I think my point here is my point is going to be that the only the only writer you have to be is the writer that finishes something. That's all that matters. So whatever the process you take to get there is all you. And John Acuff has this brilliant thing. And he says the same thing about working out. He was like, it doesn't matter if you're trying to finish a book or you're trying to finish a marathon. Why are we convinced that it's only worth doing if we hate it and it's hard? Oh, my God. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, that's what Effortless is about, too. Like, what about if it just wasn't hard? And you said it, too. Like, design. Yes. Working, I was I was reading about Harlan Coben the other day, and you know, here's a fucking dude with 75 million books in in print. He writes in Ubers. Oh my he, god. He he writes standing up. He writes at coffee shops. Like he doesn't like the office. So like writing at a place that's outside of his comfort zone works for him. But if you like writing in an office or you whatever your space is, make it the space that's most comfortable to you and most conducive to having fun and enjoying the process. And then and then like get through the process. I mean, that's the thing is like if we want to become authors, we do have to embrace the writing process and that can look wildly different every day. And I mean, I just came off a stint where, you know, I'd started like three or four projects. I got about 80 pages in and then I just got stuck with all of them because I was like, fuck this. I want to sell a book before I end up finishing it completely because it's been so long since I've had to write an entire manuscript and then try to sell it. But I... I kept resisting and resisting and filling my time with other things. And then I finally sat down to get back into it. Yeah. And within like a few days, I'd already, you know, written 25 pages or whatever. And I'm like, oh, every time I sit down, I'm like, oh, I I really do love this. Like I, this, this feels so natural. And then I get obsessive about it and want to do it all the time. And I think for me, that excitement and the anticipation of getting to sit down is fantastic. And what often trips me up is, you know, I, I am not a big, I am not a big outliner, um, which would probably help me <laughs> a lot. But I, I sometimes get stuck and I texted you the other day, like, oh my God, I've written so many books and I still am like, wait, how do I move past this? Like, how do I get past this writer's block? And the only way to get past writer's block is to fucking write. Just keep writing, pushing the scene forward, pushing the action forward, like doing something to move it forward, but doing it in a way that again, like you're gentle with yourself. You're realizing like finding your writing process is much like the process of life and how it's going to look different. You're going to feel different every day. You're going to have, you know, hopefully a different set of thoughts. And you've just got to kind of wrap that writing life into your own life and make it your own. Like, 
don't like don't even look at what other people are doing and just figure out what works for you. Um, and I mean everything that everything that we're saying in this podcast right now just I just want everybody listening to imagine that like I'm not just saying like we're not I'm we're not just saying it to you like we're I every every time I point a finger out there I'm pointing three fingers back at myself um because I I have to learn this too but it, it it's the only like, and I, I read a great article the other day about writer's block about, cause I think you texted me, Rhea, you texted me like, uh, oh, I, I, the only solution to writer's block is to write. And I, I, I was reading that subsequently this article about how writer's block is like kind of a luxury. It's kind of like this weird privilege because like there, it doesn't, I don't know. It, and it's true. Like it doesn't really exist. I think that, you know, I think if you are, and Nelson Algren used to call writing day labor. So I'm not saying that it isn't hard because I do think that it's hard, but I think if you're going into your a day of writing or a session of writing and you're like, like dreading it, or if you, or if you, or if I, and I've done that before, like, man, you know, my alarm goes off went off on some of those 5 a.m. days and I was like, oh God, I don't want to fucking do this. Well, guess what? That means something is wrong with my process. Something is amiss with my process. If I'm not comfortable in my process, I'm not catering to my needs or or I'm not I'm not designing the environment or the process itself to suit my particular needs and that's what you have to do to get it done. I love what you just said about like how do you how do you get comfortable in your process? Because that's the thing. I think that's like such a a key element that we overlook in pursuit of just like great, I hit my word count for the day, but is really paying attention to if it does feel comfortable, if it feels good, if you feel, you know, in the flow. I think we do that a lot with like just things in our life. Like we do a lot of things that don't feel good. Like getting up with an alarm doesn't feel good. Uh, you know, moving your body in certain ways, eating crappy food, like all of that doesn't feel good. And we're just often not really conscious or aware or being very intentional about our process in, in life and, and, you know, for the page as well. So, for me, like, and I get really weird, like, okay, so I'm on a good stretch right now. And I'm like, oh, just, I can do this every day. Like this is, this is, this doesn't take a lot of time. And inevitably I'll hit like, it happens every book. Like I'll hit, I don't know, the 150 or the 200 page mark. And then like something will come up and I'll just step away and be like, okay, well, I'll just take a little break. And then it'll be another couple of months, you know? And I, I want to try to, to move past that because I can't sell anything until I do get the book done. And that does sound like focusing on the results, but that's also just reality. Like you are the same way. You cannot sell a book until you finish the book. So we have to figure out a way to get from A to Z. If if Z is what we really want and we want to be able to edit, we want to be able to pitch and we want to be able to see our books on a shelf, how do we enjoy the rest of the steps and cultivate a process that we want to return to every day. I think for me, that's the thing is like really wanting to do it. Even if you said this, Joe, like we were chatting, um, 
And you were like, you know, if you block out two hours of writing time and you spend one hour of that reading or journaling, like that is still so successful. And that is still part of your process. That's my fuck. Yeah, that's right. the process. right? Well, and one of the things that I think I said to you was within a given session, like within a, and, and I think you make a great point because, um, I think there's a lot of, I always make a great point. I'm you kidding. always make a great point. <laughs> totally I, I, kidding. But I think when, I think when there's a project that's in a vacuum, um, and you said two things that I, I, I need to like wrap into this, this, like, um, jumping on this, uh, like piggybacking on what you said, um, I think if it's if this is a project that's kind of terminal or if it's in a vacuum where it's like I'm trying to lose 10 pounds or I'm trying to finish a, a home remodel or I'm trying to clean the garage, I think it works. I think there are ways of incentivizing the the the, the entire project to get you through the process. I do think that there are there are projects that you can work to finish that you can kind of like muscle your, your way through by keeping your eyes on the prize. But I think with writing, and if you're really in pursuit of a writing life, which Rhea, you said that before, like if we're talking about a writing life here, you really need to do that intentional work that you also mentioned, Rhea, intentional work on making the process something that you're going to return to every day. And product is great and incentives are great. And yes, if I don't finish the thing, then I don't finish the thing and I don't sell the thing and I, you know, or, or whatever, I don't meet the deadline, et cetera, et cetera. But if I don't want to fucking sit down at, at my desk every day and pound out 3000 words, then I'm in bigger trouble Then I'm in much deeper trouble. But what I've found is so interesting and I sabotage myself all the time. So I always say like, yeah, I'm a I'm a morning writer and I I like I feel most creative usually in the mornings or during the day. And then at night, like I don't want to look at my computer. And that's always been my excuse of why I don't write at night is like, "Oh, I just I don't want to be behind a screen." But then what inevitably ends up happening every single night is, you know, we have dinner and maybe a glass of wine and then just like right now we're in a freaking Olympic <laughs> Olympic bubble and watching hours and hours of the Olympics because I want to be an Olympian. I swear to God, I'm going to find something I can train for in the next four years and become an Olympian sidebar. Um, but I'm like, Oh my God, I am. I end up sitting behind a screen. If I took one hour after dinner every night and like put on some good music and yeah, poured a glass of wine or a cup of tea or something. And got creative and was like on the page, even if it was pen to paper, my life, my creative life would start to emerge and take priority over these other buffering conditioned behaviors of like, I signal when I eat, oh, I'm going to then go down and like sit on the couch and watch Netflix. Or if I pour a glass of wine, I'm going to do this. And so you have to start to connect that new conditioning and creating those new habits around your creative life if you want to, like you said, have a writing life, have that be part of all of the other things that you do. I mean, when I get my screen reports, we've talked about this too, um, 
for how much time I spend on my phone every day. I'm like, this, this has to be a mistake. Like, there's no way I have spent this many hours on this contraption during the day where is if I, you know, like if I spent four hours, six hours, you know, learning a language or writing every day, I mean, I'd be the most prolific human on earth. I took all of the fucking social media apps off my phone and I, my, my screen time is still through the roof. How is that possible? I don't know. I think, I think there's a mistake on there. What am I, really I looking do. at? What am I, what am I looking at? So what would be, okay. So uh, you and I are both in pursuit of something and, and wanting to, maybe not even if it's an end result, but really for me, it's about embracing the process and, and refining my process a little bit. Cause it's a little clunky. Like, yes, I'm a seasonal writer, but I waste a lot of time where I could be working on my next project or using my speediness as an asset to get more done out of it. Where, whereas, you know, you have a very different process and different, like a different set of goals. So like, what would you say, let's talk about fiction first. Like, what would you say to a novelist or a first time novelist who's really struggling to find their footing or might've stepped away from writing for a bit. Like we actually have a a client who has kind of put her work on the back burner and she's really looking to kind of disrupt her own life as we were just chatting about, um, on the podcast and, and to get back to that part of herself. Like, what would you say would be some necessary steps beyond creating an environment that you want to like, actually sit down. Well, honestly, because I'm probably an individual that's like more, I am more in our client's shoes or more in our listener's shoes. Um, like, like fully in. And I think that, I think that especially when you've taken some time away and I know that they say, and obviously like they say that like, or they, I mean, we all say writing is a practice, writing is a muscle. Yes, it has to be worked out. Yes, you have to exercise it. But also, I think I think there's a whole mindset issue. I think there's a whole, um, I'm finding that I, I didn't write prose for so long, um, you know, and I wrote professionally like copy, commercial scripts, um, uh, treatments, uh, uh, screenplay outlines, screenplays, and I and coming back to prose has been more a battle with my like who I feel I am as a person, the narrative that I've developed about myself as a as a writer than than anything else. It, it's not even about it is about like rediscovering a process, or it is being like, oh, I'm okay if I don't write every day, or I'm okay with you know X or Y. For me, it's become much more of a uh, an issue with the fact that like I still have this unfinished novel like sitting on my conscience. Yeah. Um, and so that sort of frames how I view myself as a book writer. And it's made me feel like I'm the, I'm the book writer that doesn't finish a book. Do you think your ego gets in the way? Oh, for sure. And that's like, isn't, that's the big endeavor. That's our, our big endeavor, not only with right way, but like in life. And you and I talk about this all the time too, like eradication of the ego. Cause the ego is the great killer. The ego, the ego can do it in a dozen different ways. The ego can make you a perfectionist or, or the ego can just tell you that it's not going to be any good. 
Um, the ego has a lot of like incredible manipulative tactics that's going to stop you from doing that thing. And it definitely did me. It definitely has done me. Well, and I think like writing a book, regardless of what you're doing, it's not glamorous. It's not, you're not getting a lot of validation right. along right. the way. You know what I mean? Like you can, right. I've heard this from every writer I've ever talked to, how you can sit and have like an amazing session and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm I'm the best. And then the next morning you reread what you wrote and you're like, oh my God, I'm a fraud. This is horrible. I can't do this. And so, I mean, we've talked a lot about moving past self-doubt, embracing self-doubt. And I think we have to look at like creativity, no matter what you're doing in its entirety and not almost becoming the observer to that process. Like when I write, I don't know about you, if I get in the flow like I'm, it is an out of body experience for me. I don't feel, I'm not aware of time. I don't feel my body. My entire family could be on fire and I like don't know it. Like I am so, I have tunnel vision and often I will find myself like today, this morning, for instance, I was typing, 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 typing and my thoughts went elsewhere. Like I was like, oh shit, I've got like a client you know, I got to take care of this with the client, but I was still writing the story and then just like came back to it without even a, it's like, I have two brains almost. Can I say something to you right now? Yes. Yes. It makes me so jealous. What? Because I am, I am fully conscious and in my head all the time when I write. Oh, see, it's the one thing I do in my life where I detach completely from thought and from, Oh my God. God, you write on instinct. I do, well, I I do, and I. Th- you know what you are. You know what that means. You're a fucking oracle. Ha. That's what that means. Well, I'll I'll take it. But I, but I think that's it's the one thing in my life, and that's why whenever I return to it, I'm like, oh, I do love this because it's the only time I'm not analyzing anything. I it, now after the fact, like if I go back and read it, of, of course, and I'm like, wait, I wrote this. Like this is. You know, I, it, that's when the judgment can come in. But while I'm doing it, it is utter flow state. Now, that's with fiction. Nonfiction's a little bit different um, in terms of, you know, it, it's just a different skill set. And if you're writing about data or stats or facts, you, you don't often get in that flow. But how is it for you when you're sitting down? Are you analyzing? You're totally in your head? Every second. Really? You know, what's funny too, like I would say the opposite. Like when I, I think when I edit, especially when I, when I edit or even working on a rewrite session of my own stuff, or when I'm editing a client's work, that's when I can get into a flow state. That's when I lose a sense of time. But if I'm, if I'm generating, if I'm ideating or generating work uh, I am so fucking in my head, like, f- like just a giant brain inside of my brain walking around Why? thinking about things. I have no idea. Well, but, but, but then you can't be free. You can't be messy. I, right? Like you can't just, I know blurt it all out. Even, and like that's- even when I'm messy, even if I do like a fast draft of something, or even if I'm just like, I'm going to blow it out there and get this out. I can't escape my conscious thoughts enough. Is it about that? So I have a question about that. So I used to be, you know, when we were back in Columbia and it was all about writing, I used to be so concerned when someone would pick up my work, I want them to think I'm a writer. Like, look at, oh my God, like her use of verbs or adjectives or words. 
And then I realized to sell fiction, to sell a good book, sure, you can comment that someone's a good writer, but if the writing is on point, especially for like genre fiction, you shouldn't even notice the writing. It should be about the story, the plot, everything moving forward. Like there's almost, there's just like this seamless uh, unfolding of the project instead of, I used to get so wrapped up in like every word and, oh, you know, like how it sounds. And it's like, well, it it doesn't matter how it sounds. Look at some of the best-selling books of all time. They're, if you dissect them, they're not often the best written books. Um, I know. That goes back to like deciding what type of writer you want to be because that will help direct, like if you want to be a literary fiction writer, that's a totally different ballgame than being a thriller writer or being an essayist or being, you know, a science fiction writer, there are just different ways to create. But I think we all need to give ourselves the freedom, time and space to be free and wild and messy on the page. And I used to not do that. And now like I'm actually having so much fun. It's scary too. Cause it's like, I get to create this whole book and no one's going to look at it. And if I've gone off the rails on page 30 and I'm steering this you know, ship in a totally different direction that it needs to go, then I'm really going to have a lot of like backtracking to do. But that's, you can't get so caught up, you know, in that end result. Again, going back to what we said, like to become an author, no matter what type of author you want, you have to be a writer first. You have to be a writer first. Letting yourself be a writer. And I, you got to tuck that ego in the drawer and the judgment. You cannot judge yourself while you were trying to create, it does not work. But you can be conscious of it. Sure. M- maybe my maybe being conscious of it is my flow state. Hmm. Just putting that out there. Not that I should speak because the book's still not done. So what the fuck am I talking well, about? Well, I was gonna say how many how many books have you you finished there, well, Joe? Ex- exactly, Come on. Rhea. You because c- you're such a good writer. Get that. Sh- so there's a, a book out in July book of the month club that is so similar to the book you were writing the plot line. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know, if you don't get, and that's the other thing it's, I think we get wrapped up in this sense of urgency. Like, Oh God, if I don't put this, this book out there, somebody else is going to have the same idea that I am or, um, and that can, that can lead you down a a bad path too. But I think it, no, go ahead. Sorry. I I totally, Oh, I was just going to say, I think if you get seized by something, and you realize that you can write, you know, 200 pages, 250 pages on it. It is your responsibility to see it through the end. Ideas come for a very specific reason, I think. And if you just abandon them, and I've done that a million times, like someone else will probably come up with that same idea and put it out there. Like, I feel like ideas come to us as individual writers for a reason. And it's it's just our responsibility to, to see it through. I couldn't agree more. 150%. It's 100, true. 150%. It's true. <laughs> Do you hear that, everyone? Don't be like me. Finish your fucking book. Oh, stop. You know, you are going to finish your book. And I think it starts with, Creating that environment, finding what times you really like to sit down, easing up on no, that, yourself, enjoying that's the process. That's truly it. Stop trying to force a process that doesn't feel like it matches you. 
It, it, it really is. There is no, like, this is the process that I should have. What process do you want to have? What works for you? You know, and we've had, we had, um, Jocelyn Jackson made a great point, uh, when we were interviewing her for this podcast and she was like, she was one of the first writers where, when we were like, so tell us about your process. Do you write every day? And she was like, what? No. <laughs> like she was legitimately like, I write when it takes me, when it strikes me, when it occurs to me. And that was such an interesting and refreshing take because I feel like what we get like beaten over the head with is like, write every day, write every day, gotta have a schedule, gotta have a schedule. And she was sort of just like, nope. Not at all. Well, and that, and she knows herself. I think that's what it really goes back to. She actually doesn't enjoy writing. She likes the editing process. And I'm, yes, I'm somewhat, yes. I like, I like both of them actually, but I too, I love I am more editing back. Me than too. Writing, I for love sure. going back. Cause yeah. that really is writing, right? Like that's, if you want to become writing an author, is rewriting a hundred percent. And I know that's a cliched statement, but it is, it is so true. But I think starting with the very first step is knowing yourself and and don't be again i keep going back to diet um and like food analogies but you know we always trick ourselves like oh i'm going to start this diet and i'm going to do it every day or i'm going to meditate every day and then by day 3 you're back to your old habits so like don't lie to yourself and get to know yourself and what is possible for you and what isn't possible for you and but still know that these weapons of mass distraction, which I totally want to write a book called that, um, with all of our tech, is really destroying our creativity. We were never meant to be this plugged in. We were never meant to know so many people like that we're connected to online. We were never meant to just take in so much information on a daily basis. And if you realize that, like if you're constantly perusing, scrolling, taking in things, texting people, and it doesn't feel good to you and you don't feel balanced and you don't have joy and you're not finding pleasure, then you probably need to look at what you are doing in relation to what everyone else is doing and figure out what fits and what you can let go of. It is your life. It is your writing process. It is your creativity. And it's also your time. So you get to dictate when, how, what, <laughs> you know, you create with that time. And I just think we we approach this profession so flippantly sometimes, like there's nothing really at stake and I'll get to it when I do. And there's a fine line between having a sense of urgency and then just being so lax about it that nothing ever gets done. So I think starting with knowing who you are, creating that environment, and then honoring that and honoring the ebbs and flows of how how you feel, how it's all going to go is is just a great place to start. Mic drop. Mic drop. Mic drop. Oh, you know what I did drop? Oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this and we'll probably edit this out. I literally have taken my pants off in my studio because it is so hot. I mean, I'm not naked or anything, but I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, I'm the one editing oh this God. and we are oh my not God. taking I am like, that out. I, am, I had Alex bring me a glass of ice water. I am dripping in sweat because I don't have air conditioning out here. I feel like I'm in a sauna. All right, guys. Holy hell. We, we are ending this <laughs> podcast episode because of health issues. All right. Because of a heat emergency. Oh, my God. Thanks Amazing. for listening, you guys. Tune in next week for more of this nonsense. See ya. Hey, thanks again for listening to The Right Way Podcast. 
don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need. For more information about Rightway, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services and sign up for our weekly newsletter where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers. 